From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be, right here, right now. Here are your hosts, Sandra Beck and Linda Franklin. everybody. This is Sandra Beck and I'm here today with Tina Thrustle and we're going to talk about heart. Now for those of you that are on the computer and listening at work or listening while you do other things, the website is best you can be. B-E-S-T, the letter U, can, C-A-N, and then just be. There's no E. So bestyoucanbe.ca. She's coming to you from Canada and she has a tagline that says, stop longing, start living. So we're going to talk about that in the beginning because I think people's brands speak highly of who they are inside and their values and their desires to, to do whatever they're going to do while they walk this earth. So Tina, welcome to the show. And what does that mean? Stop longing, start living. Thank you, Sandra. First of all, thank you for inviting me to be on the show. It's always exciting to have an opportunity about living from the heart. And stop longing, start living is all about empowering yourself. And that's a word I know you resonate with to stop longing for things to be different than they are and just start really living life. Live from your heart. Live from the place of what is it that makes you sing? What is it that's fun for you? What is it that makes you feel like you're making a difference in the world? When we're in that place of longing for things to be different, of longing for more money or longing for a different relationship or whatever we're longing for, we're focusing on what's missing instead of focusing on what we have. And I know that you've been on my show, Living from the Heart, and you talked about gratitude and the role that plays in our lives. And gratitude really does have a role to play in that place of moving from longing to living. Well, and I think that's hard for some of us, you know, especially when we're going through trauma or we're going through challenges, we're going through change. Um, I think it's a real concerted effort to be grateful. I know there were times in my life when my mom was dying, particularly, I couldn't come up with anything I was grateful for. Now, granted, I had my health, I had my kids, I had my job. There were a million things now in hindsight that I could be grateful for. But I think it's absolutely normal to have times in your life where you really struggle being grateful. And I know when I heard at that time in my life, people are like, well, you have so much to be grateful for. You had 74 years, your mom, blah, 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 blah. I didn't want to hear it. Da, 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 da. You know, so my question to you is, because if we're in a place of gratitude, which you and I are right now, great place to be. When you're not there, how do you 
get there? Like that was the million dollar question that I wanted, you know, 10 years ago in those days is going, how do I move from the abject misery that I'm in, the stress and frustration to being grateful, to feel alive, to feel like you have a purpose other than just slogging through the day? Well, it has to start with doing something that you love. And for me, that often means getting outdoors. And I think that that's beneficial for anyone, whether they relate to the outdoors or not on a conscious level. On a subconscious level, there are things that happen. Bird song affects our bodies. The sound of running water affects our bodies. It actually calms down your central nervous system. Wow. And when you, can you, when you can be a little bit calmer, when you can focus on your breathing and all of these things can be a challenge and that's when it's important to have supportive people in your life that's where our role at best you can be is is to be that support to remind you because sometimes we need those reminders a lot of times i think Um, yeah get outdoors be in nature just even for a minute just stand there close your eyes can you hear any nature sounds at all rustling of the leaves in the wind, the sound of bird song. Um, maybe there's a creek nearby. You're fortunate enough to, to live near running water. Tina, uh, I'm just going to stop you for a second here because we have a really great sponsor today. And our sponsor today is Indeed. And that's spelled I-N-D-E-E-D, Indeed, I-N-D-E-E-D.com. And it's the number one job site in the world because Indeed gets you the best people fast. And if you're looking to hire somebody, resilience should be part of the job description. And resilience is the capacity to recover quickly from difficulties. And that's really important in our business, in our health, in our personal lives. And if you're in charge of hiring, that should be in every job description, whether you're ready to make your next important hire or you need some rehiring tips, Indeed is here to help. And unlike other sites, Indeed gives you full control and payment flexibility over your hiring. And you only pay for what you need. Who doesn't love that? And you can pause your account at any time and there are no long-term contracts. Thus, Indeed provides powerful tools to make your search that much easier. So like sponsored jobs and things that are shown to be three and a half more times likely to result in a hire. And with 73% of online job seekers visiting Indeed each month, Indeed is going to get you the most important hire you need. Just like they have for over 3 million businesses. Boy, 3 million businesses cannot be wrong, Tina. And right now, Indeed is offering our listeners a free $75 credit to boost your job post, which means more quality candidates We'll see it fast. Try Indeed out with your free $75 credit at Indeed.com slash Powered Up. That's Indeed.com slash Powered Up. And this is their best offer available anywhere. So go right now to Indeed.com slash Powered Up. Terms and conditions apply. Offer is valid through September 30th. So go to Indeed.com slash Powered Up like today's show. Now we were talking about the importance in sound and water. Those sounds are naturally soothing to our central nervous system. When you can calm down a little bit, when you can be in a place of greater calm, 
it's easier to focus on the gratitude. Mm -hmm. It's easier to be in that place of, oh, oh yeah, actually that feels good. I can even feel grateful for how that feels, the difference. And breathing, if you can't get outdoors, if there is absolutely no nature sound around you, then focus on your breathing. Take a long, slow breath in through your nose. Allow that breath to go all the way into the belly and expand that belly. And then say, ah, <clears throat> on the exhale. You know, that's your body's natural relaxation response. Mm -hmm. You've had a really hard day. You plunk down on the couch at the end of the day and you go, oh, <sighs> you know. Right. Oh. <clears throat> there is something about that sound that signals the body to relax. Mm -hmm. So even if it's not a real sigh, force the sigh. Mm -hmm. Ah, that was a big breath into the belly and then ah, out. Again, can calm you down enough that you can start to feel grateful. Mm -hmm. Feel grateful just for feeling calmer in that moment. Once you have that gratitude basis to work from, you can roll out into being grateful for other things in your life. It is. It's a skill. It's a muscle, you know, like anything else in our, our body. And one of the things I found, especially when my kids were small, Tina, it was hard for me to get outdoors in anything other than my work day. You know, I had to work and raise these two kids. So I found that my meditation and my relaxation, you'll laugh about this. I'd get the kids to bed about eight o'clock and then I would turn on my computer and I had some footage that I shot on my lake that I grew up on. And I would, I put it on a loop on my computer and I would sit there drinking my tea, writing in my journal. And I'd be looking at the waves. I'd be looking at my lake and it's just a little lake up in, you know, near the Canadian border in upstate New York, you know, it's nothing special, but I could hear the waves. And even though I physically couldn't be there, cause you know, my kids were asleep. I had no childcare. I could actually kind of almost fool myself into thinking I was sitting on my dock <laughs> and I would sit there and I would hear my seagulls. I heard the waves crashing. I'd hear whatever. And I, I would be shocked after a few minutes when I would kind of wake up and realize, wow, I'm still in Southern California. I'm still in my living room. And, you know, that's where digital, cause I'm always going to bring in the digital aspect in the absence of being able to walk outside with my kids. Cause there's mountain lions and, you know, we don't want to walk at night, you know, in my backyard with a stroller and, and, you know, little ones. Um, there's always something you can do, you know, even if you put on your headphones and sometimes like if I can't sleep at night, I have some of these meditation um, apps that I use and they always do the same thing. They play wind, you hear leaves rustling, you hear water running. So that's why I wondered why all, all of, most of them have some sort of combination of birds, you know, running water, waves, wind, <laughs> Absolutely. Yes. That's why you were drawn to them because they work. They work. Sound is so powerful. People have underestimated. We've lost touch with the importance of sound. Sound is just <clears throat> energy moving molecules at different rates. And when those different frequencies hit our ears, different frequencies affect our bodies in different ways. If you sit with a lot of white noise all day, the sound of computers humming and all of that, you might find you get irritated by the end of the day because those sounds are actually kind of grating against your nerves. Mm -hmm. 
So to combat that, to counterbalance that is maybe a better term. You want to interject a little bit of that bird song, water song. You could even play it over top of that white noise so that it's counteracting the negative impact mm -hmm. with that positive impact from those sounds. Well, and it's amazing because if I have a deadline, Tina, I'll go to YouTube and there's a couple study music apps, there's, you know, or videos, and I put those on in the background. And it's amazing how my physical state can change, but I'm still sitting at the computer. You know, many of us have to sit at a computer seven, eight hours a day because of our careers. It's just yeah. the nature of, of what we're doing and who we are. But that doesn't mean that you can't bring visual not everybody can do audio if you're in a cubicle it's tough but you can wear earphones you know you could put a put an earphone in but you can supplement your experience of life digitally when you have no other choice absolutely absolutely uh sound is sound whether it's recorded or live it does still have an impact on the body so definitely that's great advice for your listeners is if you are stuck inside at a computer, then do get some headphones, an earphone, whatever. Find a recording that you like that, that actually, pay attention. Uh, Sharon Karn, who's the developer of Sound Wellness says, listen from the inside out. Mm -hmm. Pay attention to what that sound does for you on the inside. How does it affect your physical being? Do you feel more relaxed? Does your mind settle down a little? Like you said, you were able to kind of slip away, almost like disappear into that space and then come back and go, oh, well, I'm still here. That is a brilliant achievement to escape, even for a moment or two. Right. Well, and you can have a little fun with this because the other thing I did, Tina, is the one thing that always relaxes me, and I live in Southern California, is to go to the beach. You know, I sit and I love to go to the beach in winter, watch the waves. Just, it's just magical. But again, with little kids, I couldn't get there and I can't, no parent can relax on the beach. <laughs> it's just not possible <laughs> when you have kids. You're like, ah, don't pick that up. Don't eat that. Don't put that in your mouth. Get away from it. Um, so what I did was I made my little home beach and I would put on my earphones and I would have this wonderful beach experience. But the one thing that was missing, Tina, and you will totally laugh at me for this, is the wind. So I got this little fan, just a little box fan, you know, about a foot, foot wide, little teeny thing. I put it on the other side of the room and I put it on oscillate. So I would get wind, no wind, wind, <laughs> wind, no wind. So when I put the earphones yeah. on and I had the waves and if I really just calmed down, I couldn't imagine I was not on the beach when I opened my eyes because I needed the wind and I needed the sound. And if you kind of do some of these things, as silly as they sound, that was my beach retreat when I couldn't get to the beach because of my work and kid obligations. I mean, the human mind is so creative. So how do you make something that works for you? Absolutely. And you could have even added in the, the uh, tactile sensory 
experience by putting a little box of sand under your desk and putting your bare feet in the box right. of sand. Right, a little salt spray, you know, that you put on your hair to make it look nice in the summer. Just shoot yourself every once in a while with the salt spray, <laughs> you know. And we laugh about these things, but they make a difference. They change our state. They Do they change our energy? Like, let's talk about the difference. Like, I'm a total stress ball. I sit down in my room. I turn my fan on. I put my headphones on. I have my five, 10 minute pretend walk on the beach. And then I sit, I come out a completely different person. Absolutely. Yeah, definitely. Energy, <laughs> energy is, is everywhere and everything. And energy is moving at different rates, different speeds, different velocity, different uh, frequencies. And we, when you can shift that energy in some way, you know, for me, movement is a big thing. If I'm, if I've been sitting at my desk too long and I'm getting cranky, mm -hmm. stand up and shake, like just shake <laughs> like a leaf on a tree, you know, get all those organs moving, shake it all off. It's like, and then, you know, if you, you like, you can sing too, like shake it off, shake it <laughs> off. Ooh, ooh. <laughs> but to um, <clears throat> move the energy in a different way either slow it down in your case if you're like agitated go go going then calm it down slow it down let it flow more easily or if you're bored and it's getting the energy is getting stuck because you've been sitting too long stand and move it get it moving again so that you feel more alert and more awake more alive well, you can, like in my corporate office, I used to go in the, the handicapped bathroom because it was a little bigger, you know, the stall. And I was a swimmer, you know, from the time I was four to college. And I will go in there and I'll, I'll do the backstroke, you know, so I move the backstroke and then I'll like swing my arms around and I'll be like, look, I'm diving, look, I'm, you know, and I'm in there. But yeah, if you just sit still for hours on end, you know, that's, that's rough. And, and many of us have to, you know, like even on our radio show, we sit for an hour, right? If I do four shows back to back, I got five minutes in between, you will see me like rolling around over here and I will be doing my yoga poses in my chair. I'll be stretching out my legs, anything to move while we're stuck in a chair. Because I think it's really hard to be stuck in a chair all day Absolutely. long, but yes. there's little things you can, you can always move your feet. You can always move your legs. You can always move your hands. There's things you can do to get moving. Simple thing to do to get moving and, and move energy in a really positive way is to raise your arms above your head. If you've ever been to a sporting event, and they, uh, it's a race. They cross the finish line. What do they do? Yeah, right. Throw the arms up yeah. in the air. Uh, it, it's a goal. It's a touchdown. It's a whatever. It's the arms automatically go up in the air. It's a celebration. It opens the energy. So throw your arms up in the air and say, yay. <laughs> yay. I love that. <laughs> As if something fantastic just happened. You know, you won a $10 million lottery or or your kid did, did something that was the first time you asked. I mean, it, it can be a little celebration. Yay! It is hard to be, I got to tell you, it's hard to be depressed, sad, and low energy when you throw your arms. I, anybody who's listening today, I, I just try this. Like, you know, if you want to do it in private because you feel silly, go ahead. But throw your arms up, make the yay sign, and then try to feel sad. 
Like try to feel down, try to feel depressed. I don't think you can. It's true. It's, it's, it speaks to the power of movement as well as the power of sound. And we're putting both together there, right? We're moving our bodies and we're using our own voice to create a positive sound. Yay! Everybody relates to yay! That's celebrating. <laughs> so little, little tools, little things that you can implement into your everyday life can make a big, big difference. Mm-hmm. Well, that's the one thing that I went to this Franklin Covey training many years ago in Salt Lake City. It was a whole week on time management. Talk about snooze. And (laughs) I remember somebody saying to me, Miss Beck, you must really be enjoying this seminar. And I said, well, it's a little boring and I'm learning some stuff, but a week of time management is kind of a lot. And they're like, yeah, but you're smiling all the time. And I found that when, (laughs) when I smile, and even if I force a smile or try to smile or keep smiling, I can't fall asleep. It helps me pay attention. It helps me stay alert. And I think the, like your joyful, you know, and and putting your arms over your head is very similar to my constantly putting a smile on my face because when I do Tina, it changes me. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, The muscles that we need to use in our face to smile are connected to the release of various feel-good chemicals. So yeah, (laughs) even if it's a fake smile, adopting the smile makes a difference. Well, and when you put the fake smile on and then you start the fake laugh, you end up laughing. Like, have you ever done that? Like sometimes I'll be sitting there and I'm like, oh God, I'm so bored. And then I'll be like, okay, put your smile on, put my smile on. And then (laughs) start to laugh. And, you know, there's nothing funny going on, but I feel better. It changes my state. Absolutely. You know, there's actually a, um, a process called laughter yoga. That's really? just a whole, yeah, it, it's, it's, it's practiced all around the world. It began in India many, 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 many years ago, probably centuries ago, where you do different exercises to force laughter. So it's not laughing at jokes. It's not laughing at anything funny, but it's things like take your cell phone and go for a walk. Make sure it's off. Pretend you're talking to somebody and they're saying something really hilarious and just start laughing like crazy. (laughs) That's a good one. You know, Um, things like Oh, you're standing there and their little ants start crawling up your pants and they're tickling you. Ah! (laughs) (laughs) There's a whole whole realm. They have over, I think over a hundred different exercises that you do to laugh because laughing again is so good for your health. It releases digestive enzymes. It um, releases feel good chemicals. There is a huge list of the the proven medical benefits of laughter so laughter yoga says everybody has a different sense of humor what you find funny i may not find funny but we can all do that forced laughter and i actually created something called a magic box of mood shifters it's a little box or you can get it just as a little organza bag that's full of little cards and when you feel like ugh 
and you just need a little shift. You just reach into the bag and pull out a card and you do whatever the activity is. Okay. And one of the activities is laughter yoga. And what I instruct you to do is go through the alphabet with the letter P in front. So you go pay, 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 Pee, 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 pee. This one's good with kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> Woo, we're saying pee pee. <laughs> I owe you. And then, yes, again, kids love the last one. Ooh, poo, 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 poo. <laughs> right? I bet they you, do. So you really end up laughing. But in making those sounds, you're actually exercising your stomach muscles so that it helps to improve the digestion and it. It gets them the oxygen moving and flowing through your body so you feel more alert. There's all sorts of wonderful things that happen from it. That's beautiful. I, you know, and I, I've done, I don't know, 13 years of shows, five days a week. No one has ever talked to me about laughter yoga. I can't wait to try it. Yeah. I mean, you can, you can YouTube it for sure. Laughter yoga. There's lots of videos of people who just take you through different exercises and you actually have to be careful. You can't do it for too long because you can really exhaust yourself. Yeah. And there is something interesting to note that sometimes laughter will trigger, trigger tears. Yes. So extended periods of laughter can actually make you cry. And that's okay because crying is simply a release, right? It's a release of energy. There's all sorts of toxins that are released through our tears. So it's very, very healthy to cry. And so if that is something that happens, there's no need to be alarmed. Go ahead, cry it out. It'll be done. And then you'll be able to laugh again. Yeah. Well, yeah, because that happens sometimes when I, I walk a lot in my park. And there'll be times when I'm walking, walking, and all of a sudden something bubbles up and like pours right out of my eyeballs. I don't know where it comes from. I don't know what it is. I don't know why I'm crying. And I'll, you know, it, you know, it, it could be any number of things going on in my life or it could be from the past, but I can't put my finger on it. So I just put my sunglasses on, <laughs> cry it out as I walk and keep going. But it's weird how exercise can do that for you. I've, it's happened to me on the spin bike. It's happened to me in boxing class. Like, you know, I'm punching the bag, punching the bag, punching the bag. All of a sudden I realize I'm crying and all this emotion is coming out. Is that because we're holding it inside? We trapped it inside and then it's the movement or the laughing or the punching is helping us release? That is absolutely what's going on. Yeah. Anything that we suppress, repress gets stored inside and physical activity and sound sounding can actually release that mm -hmm. yeah if you ever know when you get really frustrated there's usually something that comes out of your mouth like ah <laughs> <laughs> right? that is a release of that energy so for sure yeah. And I don't think it's that important that we know exactly what it is. This was one of the things I got hung up about, you know, because we talk about forgiveness, we talk about grief, um, and those I think, and shame, those are some real big things that get in our way. And when we start feeling these things, I think I was a little bit maybe type A, hyper um, concerned about what it was, why I'm feeling it. How do I let it go? How do I label it? How do I identify it? Like all these things. And now I realize that was so stupid. I just need to cry it out. Absolutely. 
Yeah. Yeah. Forget needing to name it. Just let it release. Yeah. Because that was one of the things that happened to me with, they called it sandwich grief. You know, we talk about labels, sandwich grief, like layers and layers of grief. You know, we had, you know, like my marriage falling up, my premature babies, my marriage falling apart, my mother's diagnosis, my mother's death, my foreclosure, you know, my two dogs passed away all within 18 months. Like that's a lot for anybody to handle in 18 months. And I would cry, Tina, and I would be so frightened, but I couldn't identify why was I frightened? Why was I crying? Because it could have been one of six things. <laughs> and I really got hung up going, well, I'm trying to process things. I'm trying to process my grief. I'm trying to do all these things. And now I, when I look back on it, I would tell my prior self or anyone listening today that you don't need to classify, you don't need to put an Excel spreadsheet together of your feelings and, you know, check off, you know, the, you know, the grief, the Elizabeth Kubler-Ross's you know, stages on death and dying, you know, you don't have to check all those boxes. But a lot of us, I think, in tech and maybe our personalities that make us really good in tech do want to check the boxes. We do want to put that label on it. We do want to neat and tidy it. That's the thing with feelings. They're not neat and tidy like computers. Mm, that's for sure. There's probably nothing messier than, <laughs> than, your, than your feelings. And accepting that they're there and just letting them be. Um, and if you can't, if you're not in a place and position to deal with the emotion that's coming up, mm -hmm. like right now, I'm just feeling so angry. I could just you know, I could punch something or whatever, and you can't deal with it, you have to tell yourself, I'm going to put you in a little bubble. I'm going to take that anger and I'm going to put a little bubble and I promise you I'm going to get back to it and we're going to let it go. And then, and then you do have to follow through. You have to keep your word to yourself, but you can come back to it and say, okay, anger, here we are. This is safe now. I'm in an open field. I can stomp my feet. I can yell. I can just let all of that out. I can cry. I can yell and let it out, let it out, let it out. And then, yeah, you're going to feel really exhausted after. So make sure you don't have anything planned to do right after that. And give yourself some time to rest and drink lots of water. Whenever you release motion, with emotion, whether it's crying or it's anger or laughing, doesn't matter what you're doing, moving your body, hydrate, 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 drink lots of water after. It takes a lot for the body to process that and the hydration is really important as a way of um, staying healthy and keeping your your brain um, at its appropriate size your brains will actually shrink if we don't drink enough water in the day so we want to because yeah, they're spongy you know we got to fill that sponge up and you know I think Tino you know when we talk about feelings for some people feelings are natural for some of us they're not. And this is, I learned this when I was working with these therapists, I was working on their projects and they showed me this chart, Tina, that had all these feelings on it. Like they had anger, despair, sadness, mad, uh, frustrated, like all these different shades. 
And what I realized, and I've been working in tech for 30 years, working with people who are other tech people like me, not everybody has all those shades. Like I realized when I looked at that chart, because I, I said to the lady I was working for, I go, oh, I think there's something wrong with me. And she said, why? And I said, because I don't have all these things. I have one mad speed. I have one sad speed. Like mad is with frustrated, mad is with sad. Like, and you know, I went through all these different things and I couldn't, she, she worked with me for like an hour about trying to understand the nuances of these. And I think what makes people like me really work well with machines <laughs> is because we don't have this super big range of emotions. It's just the way we're made. And I've seen it again and again. And we're like a three, four speed car. And some people have 25 speeds. And, you know, I, I don't, I don't want to say it's anything wrong with people. I just think, but I notice in technology, people tend to be like me a little more have four shades of gray, <laughs> not 54. Wow. That's really interesting. I've never heard it described that way. And that explains so much because I'm really challenged by technology. And I'm one of those people that has like 50 shades. Yes. I have a huge emotional range, huge. And, um, technology really frustrates me. I can go through a, a, hu a huge selection of that range <laughs> in an hour session sure. with technology. And conversely, human relationships to me are harder than computers because computers have a logic to them. I can put in something and yeah, I have unexpected outputs at times, but by and large, it's something I can manage. People, however, and you know, this has been in my relationships, even with my friendships, and this is going to sound so awful, Tina, but I'll just say it because people need to recognize we're not monsters. We're just <laughs> fascinated by people with emotions. Like if you were having a range of emotions, instead of me feeling it with you or crying along with you, I'm fascinated by it going like, wow, look at all those things she's feeling. You know, like to go from the spectrum of joy to anger, to frustration, to all these different nuances. Because now I know that they're there. I look for clues mm. and I see it in other people and I see these reactions and I'm fascinated by it, but I don't feel those things, Tina. I don't feel, it doesn't mean I don't have feelings. It's just, I feel things differently. They're kind of more concrete. They fall into like an Excel spreadsheet. They fall into here, 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 and here but not here, 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 <laughs> you know? And so as a result, I think for a lot of people, especially, you know, I'm not dogging on the tech industry. It's just, I can speak from it because I've been in it for so long. We have a harder time with emotional transitions. We have a harder time with recognizing emotions. I can be sad and not know it because sad feels like mad feels like frustrated. And so I have a hard time identifying what's going on with me. I don't have those problems with machines. And if I'm your friend, Tina, I have to work really hard to understand what's going on, much like you guys have to work hard to understand what's going on with a computer. Mm, yeah, interesting, interesting. It's good to have that understanding and 
that way we can give each other latitude for what's going on. Right. Latitude and grace and, you know, and why some people, if you're sitting with them, especially if they work in maybe tech or engineering or some of the science fields, because I see it in my whole family. I come from a family of engineers kind of all this way. And then there's my sister who's the ballerina, the artist and the painter who shrieks at the tops of her lungs that nobody understands her. <laughs> She's right. <laughs> you know, I, I tell her, I'm like, you're right. She's like, cause she would sit there and go, don't sit there like a stump. And I'm like, I am a stump. Like I, I don't, I don't feel what you feel. I don't feel that range. And it doesn't mean I don't care. It doesn't mean I'm not interested. But if I'm sitting there just looking across from you, listening quietly, I'm doing what I can do. I can't be you and you can't be me. That's why computer people, I think, are different than artists. Now, you can have a computer artist, and those people are kind of fascinating and cool to, to be. But some of us, like, and that's where the heart open thing, Tina, is. That's why I love having these conversations with you because. I need to know what it means to be heart open. I need a literal description. If you tell me it feels a certain way, it doesn't feel that way to me. Mm, interesting. Yeah, yeah. So when you tell me, like, is your heart open? I don't know. I don't have a rib spreader. Like, <laughs> where people who are heart people, of course, my heart is open. And I had to get a lot of validation from a lot of really smart people on the radio to go, yes, Sandra, your heart is open. Mm. Wow. Yeah. That's an interesting conundrum. Yeah. How, how do you identify whether or not your heart is open when you can't feel it? Yeah. So there may not be a feeling, but there is probably a sense of alignment or resonance that things are going smoothly here. Ah, that's a sign that my heart is open. Mm -hmm. My heart, when my heart is closed, I'm experiencing a lot of resistance and things get harder, harder to do. Communications are harder. Um, the tasks that I need to do are harder. It feels like there are all these obstacles in my way every time I turn around. That's a sign that your heart is closed. Yeah. Look for the signposts, right? See, and I look for the physical, you know, like, because I don't have a lot of those feelings like thing. Like when something comes up and it's harder, I'm like, ooh, it's a challenge. <laughs> you know, it's like, so that's a hard one for me. But the things that I realize when my heart is closed, um, I don't breathe as much. I hold my breath a lot more. When my heart is closed, my shoulders are tense. My back is tense. My jaw is tense. When my heart is closed, a lot of times my voice is deeper, my words are clipped, my answers are shorter. So I had to look for actual physical things that I could look and go, okay, Stan, all right, you need to figure out what's going on. Get yourself back in what I call the groove. I need to get back in the flow. Because a workflow, a flow chart, those are terms I understand. When the flow chart, you know, is working, my heart is open when the flow chart isn't working. So I go down my flow chart, you know, is, are my shoulders tense? Am I not breathing? You know, am I short with people? You know, am I having a lot of thoughts? Like, how are these people not getting this? <laughs> In my back of my head, I realize I'm out of alignment. I'm out of my flow or my heart is closed. So I think for some of us, we need the boxes to check 
that are indicators of what's going on because maybe our feeling meter isn't reliable. That's brilliant. It's brilliant to recognize that and it's brilliant to put it into languaging that fits. That's so brilliant. Yeah, because if we're not feelers or we don't feel the same way, and I think anybody listening today who will recognize these same things, they learn at an early age that they don't feel things the way other people feel. And because you can be like, I remember being a little girl sitting in church and I don't know, something was going on and we were all there together. Maybe it was like a first communion or something. And all these people were having all these emotions. And I remember looking around going, what's going on? (laughs) (laughs) You know, it doesn't mean I'm a heartless monster. I just, I didn't feel the same way these other people did. And that was a continuous thing throughout my life. And now I recognize it and both of my kids have it. And I say, you know, not everybody feels the same. We, we recognize not everybody thinks the same. Fair enough, Tina? Oh, yeah. Yeah. We all get that. But I'm here to say not everybody feels things the same way. They don't feel the same intensity. They don't feel the same range. Doesn't mean they don't feel, but they feel things differently. Mm, yep, that's brilliant. That's a brilliant recognition. And I'm sure the day you came to understand that life got easier, your relationships got easier. Yeah, well, I made a friend, I made this one friend. And he said to me, we were talking one day, and I don't know, something happened. And we were talking about how everybody was so upset. And I'm like, I'm not upset. Are you upset? No, you know, am I, we didn't even have a word for what we were. But it was just different. And I recognized in that person. And now I see when things happen, I can look at people in a room and see there's a few in there like me. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they don't have the same pained expression on their face. They're not carrying other people's. Right, or the or... same joy or the same, you know, whatever, the same intensity, the same, you know, and I think that's why many people gravitate towards tech. And that's why I think what you do, Tina, is so important. Because if you can't hit a baseball, what do you do? You get somebody to teach you how to hit a baseball, right? Right. Well, if I'm not naturally connected to my feelings because of the way my biology is wired, maybe it's the genetics, maybe it's the way I was raised, who knows? But if I'm not connected to those things and you can help me connect to those, you provide a very valuable service to the world, no different than me helping non-tech oriented people use communication tools to connect. Absolutely. Yes. They're just, yes. They're the, it's the same thing. We do the same thing, Tina. We're just completely different modalities, but we get the same result. We connect people with whatever. Yes. Yes. Very true. You know, right. and that's the thing about like, you know, kind of, artsy and tech or music and tech, you know, a lot of times those are like two ships that pass in the night. And the thing that's always funny for me is to me, they're exactly the same. Mm. Yes. Yes. Just different approaches. Yep. You know, and I can help you connect. You can help me connect. And that's what I think is beautiful about our, our world, about our people is because we get to, We get to do these things every day, Tina. Yes. Yes. And we love doing it. Yeah. And it makes us feel alive doing it. 
And for you, the challenge of the technology is. Well, here's the I'm, thing that's funny is most of the time it's not a challenge. It's easy and it's fun. Mm. And now look at you between dance and movement and the things that you're doing and sound. Is it hard for you or is it fun? It's fun. It's absolutely fun. Right. And so we go back to like my corporate name, my company name, which is Beck Fun. How do we each have fun? And do we accept all the differences in each other and then realize, oh, at the commonality, I'm doing what's fun for me. I'm doing what I enjoy. Is that in front of a screen most of the time? Absolutely. Is that so very different, Tina, than you? No, because what's fun for me is being in front of that person and, and connecting with them and sharing that experience with them. It's still having fun. It's still sharing ways to connect. Right. Yeah. And see, for me, in-person one-on-one can be overwhelming for me. It can be a lot. If somebody's sitting across the desk from me, I have a harder time concentrating. I have a harder time focusing. I can't look at them and think at the same time, but put me in front of a screen, easy peasy, lemon squeezy. Like it's a whole different animal, but they're both valuable in their own use, in their own development and their own acceptance of the differences between us that can actually bring us closer. Absolutely. Absolutely. I've always believed from the time I was very, very young, I remember in grade school, even thinking about if only we could focus on what's more the same about people than what's different, the world would be so much more peaceful. We would all get along so much better. Right. We all want the same things. We all want to be safe. We all want to be fed. We all want to have a roof over our heads and to feel loved and to feel like we're contributing somehow. Yeah. Yeah. All of these things. So, you know, I think, you know, I I do defend technology a lot. I do defend people in tech a lot um, because I really think that we're more alike than we've ever known if we deconstruct it like we did on today's show Mm, yes because i do think a lot of tech people do feel bad because they don't feel the same way people do they have a hard time being in person versus you who are in person and it feels beautiful feels wonderful why would what what works for you be painful for me yeah but now we have technology which to me, again, is another great level playing field because it allows me to be my best, much better than I could be in person with another person. It's beautiful, isn't it? It is. Options, all these options. Right, and all this commonality, but it's just the tools. Your tools are, you know, could be a, you know, music, could be dance, movement, a gong. For me, my tools are a computer screen and an internet connection. Mm Mm-hmm. And I just think that's so cool. Like, it's so cool what we get to do. It is. It is indeed. Yeah. Well, so I was going to say, speaking of fun, this has been fun. Isn't it been fun? Because we get to, we get to dive into things that 
I would never normally think, you know, most tech people kind of dismiss certain things in society. And I think many neurotypicals will dismiss tech people in their own box. And what I love about what we talked about today is how we focused on how alike we are. Mm -hmm. Beautiful, beautiful conversation. Very illuminating. I, I learned some things that I didn't know. So I'm very grateful to you for that. Me too. Me too. I mean, that's why we have these conversations. So you know what? We're at the top of the hour. So um, Tina, how can people find out about you other than best you can be, which is B-E-S-T, the letter U, can, and then the letter B, no E, dot C-A? Well, they can... Um, email me or call me. Our phone number and email address is on that site. We also have an additional website that's shindao.com. S-H-I-N, like the part of your leg, and D as in Donald Alpha Omega dot com. Shin means heart and Dao means the way. So the way of the heart. So there's some information about the philosophy, philosophy, the four pillars, the 12 basic tenets, for living a fulfilling life. And um, there's all sorts of resources available on both sites. So we invite people to visit us there. You can subscribe to Heart and Mind Matters, our e-zine that shares an inspirational article, YouTube video, quote of the week, um, sent out every other Tuesday by email, um, just to stay connected with us and be inspired on a bi-weekly basis. I think that's so cool. And your guiding pillars are to elevate your spirit, inspire your mind, open your heart, and develop your body. Who doesn't want to do that? Yeah, uh, basically, it covers every area of life in a sensible way. And if you keep those four pillars in mind, it's like building a house, you need to have the very strong foundation for the house to be strong and stable and <laughs> or the four legs of a table. You yes. know, you take one of those legs away, the table's going to tip. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Tina Thrustle, thank you for being my guest today. Thank you for being willing to go and explore some of these things that, you know, maybe a lot of people don't talk about and that, you know, we can bring some comfort to people and some understanding and start bridging the gap between some of these differences in our philosophies, differences in our ideologies, our thoughts, and our perceptions. We'll be back again next week. From New York City to Los Angeles, Powered Up Talk Radio is giving women of all ages permission to live the life they'd always dreamed of. Each week, Powered Up Talk Radio explores innovative ways to stay focused in a world that's experiencing dramatic changes. Find out who you are, discover your purpose, and challenge yourself to be all you can be. 